You are listening to the Catholic Exchange Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Catholic Exchange Podcast. This is your editor and host, Michael Lichens, here today with someone who is probably familiar with just about all of you, and if not, you're in for a treat. I'm speaking with the great Father Calloway, who is a champion of St. Joseph. He has previously written about St. Joseph Gems, but right now he has a new book, Consecration to St. Joseph, that has been a runaway bestseller, and I'm excited to talk about this and talk about St. Joseph as we approach his feast day. So, Father Calloway, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm I'm excited, too. I'm just, boy, I tell you, great things are happening with St. Joseph. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, and I heard you guys actually went through your very first publishing is that correct oh we did we're actually in the fourth printing already and it's only yeah it's only been out two months so it's incredible okay well i guess i have to ask what is a consecration to saint joseph and why are people so excited about it well so you know many people are familiar with uh consecration to our lady mm-hmm. and um, those are wonderful yeah, i mean that's one of the best things you can do for your spiritual life and there's diff- many different formulas you can follow and methods and so you know, today, I, you know, a few years ago, I was like, you know, we're really, we're really in trouble today when it comes to the attack on the family, on marriage, and mm-hmm. men and women are confused today about what it means to be a man and a woman. And I thought, boy, we could really use something like a St. Louis de Montfort type consecration, but to St. Joseph. And so I looked all around the world, because I know a lot of people, and I, I contacted Poland and Croatia and South America, and I said, hey, anything like this exist in your culture? And they all said no. Hmm. So I said, well, now's the time. So I, I dedicated uh, almost three years to uh, the research and writing to put together Consecration to St. Joseph. Wonderful. I think I remember you mentioned somewhere in your introduction that you had not found this anywhere. That really struck me by surprise as well. Why do you think it's been mm-hmm. so long since we thought about Consecration to St. Joseph? Well, I think, you know, we everybody, you know, loves St. Joseph. Mm-hmm. I mean, we you know, the saints talk about him and everything, but uh, at the same time, he has been kind of the silent person in the background who we know is there and we acknowledge him and, you know, we ask him to help us every now and then, but he really hasn't gotten the attention um, mm-hmm. of a whole lot of people. I mean, there's been a few saints here and there have really emphasized him, but, but I think that, you know, now it's almost like Jesus and Mary are wanting to say, you know what? Go to him because he's going to teach you something vital for the times that you're living in with these anthropological crises that are in the world today. Mm-hmm. And that's, in fact, what the popes and what the saints have been telling us about for the, about the last 150 years. They've really been emphasizing St. Joseph. Yes. And uh, in fact, it was a uh, remind me that was within the two, last 200 years that St. Joseph was declared the terror of demons. Is that right? That that title got more prominence in the last um, several centuries. Okay. But his it was in 1870 that he was given the the the, the patronage of the church, so he became the patron oh. of the Universal Church. Yeah. And thus yeah. the important uh, the important anniversary we're celebrating this year with Saint Joseph. Yep, that's okay. right. It's the 150th anniversary mm-hmm. of that declaration. So 1870 to 2020. 150th anniversary of his being the patron of the church. Which, and as you touched on this uh, before, him as a patron now seems more important than ever, especially with the family. But how do uh, 
How are both men and women approaching a consecration to St. Joseph? Oh, it's off the charts. I tell you, I almost can't even keep up with it because sure. my, my, e- my email is like a slot machine right now. I tell you, every time <laughs> I turn it on, it's just pinging. It's like I'm getting messages from around the world. Um, I've got people who have contacted me from Bangladesh and India and South Africa and islands I've never even heard of telling me that they've got the book because you can get the ebook as well. You know, mm-hmm. from these countries, so it's, it's cheaper and easier for them. And so, it's coming in, and uh, I'm hearing from men's groups, women's groups, from parish groups. And so the men, you know, they tend to, because there's a lot in there about men being virtuous and, and chivalrous and learning respect and, 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 and being gentlemen and, and, and warrior-like. And so they're loving that. And then the women, they're realizing that, wow, you know, I've, I've had a Joseph in my life and didn't even know it in their husband or, or their father or or there's women who have contacted me and said, this is the kind of man that I want to marry. I'm, I'm looking for a Joseph. I, I want somebody like Joseph. So oh, it's just incredible, the response. Sounds like it. And to get in the consecration itself, uh, if I understand, there's a proposed date that you have coming up for to begin the consecration? Yeah, there's. Um, you can do it anytime. And mm-hmm. in the book itself, I have a chart that gives some suggested, su- suggested beginning and ending dates. And some people are ending it like on their wedding anniversary, which is really nice. Um, but yeah, it's, I know, right? So it's, it's a really nice thing to do. Um, but there's one that's coming up. It's going to be really nice. It starts on March 30th and it ends on May 1st, the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker. So that's a really nice one. Oh, wonderful. And what would you say is the goal if somebody starts this uh, consecration? What do you hope they get out of it by the time they're done with it? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. I, you know, similar to Marian consecration, mm-hmm. the end is Jesus to to be closer to Jesus, and you know that's what Our Lady wants. That's what Saint Joseph would want. And so, the goal of the of the uh, consecration to Saint Joseph is to ask Saint Joseph to take us under his paternal spiritual care and help us to grow in virtue and holiness so that we can be closer to Christ. So if you think about it, the two people who know Jesus the best would be Mary and Joseph, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's so much that they, if we spend time with them, if we're prayerful, that they can um, help us to, to understand about our Lord and fall more in love with him. And, and that's, that's the whole purpose of the program. So it's to really, to learn to love like St. Joseph in a way. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yes, indeed. That's right. Yep. <laughs> Which uh, we're all trying. In sp- was there a particular moment? I know you mentioned going around the world and meeting folks and talking mm-hmm. about their culture with St. Joseph. But was there a particular moment that really inspired you that made you want to say, okay, I need to bring people into St. Joseph and bring St. Joseph as a protector mm-hmm. to them? Yeah, there kind of was. Um I was reading through um, some of the writings of Sister Lucia dos Santos. She Mm -hmm. was uh, the longest lived visionary, you know, of the Fatima apparitions. And she said at one point that the final battle between good and evil would be fought over marriage and family. Mm. And when I read that, I was like, boy, it almost seems like we're living this out today. We've got gender ideology and these so-called modern families and all kind of craziness and even cultures redefining marriage. And so I thought, you know, when there's disorder in a household, when there's chaos um, in a family, it takes the father to, to bring order and to establish peace. And so 
this is what I wanted to do was let's bring onto the battlefield of today's world where this battle over marriage and family is being fought, the head of the Holy Family, the great St. Joseph. Um, let's bring him in. And, and so that's when it kind of clicked for me. That's wonderful. And I want to ask you, this is one uh, I know a lot of our listeners will enjoy hearing about, but what's a role that St. Joseph can play in spiritual protection, especially? Well, when you think about it, um, he saved Jesus. So <laughs> one of the titles, yes. and it's, it's an extraordinary title because it, it almost sounds like it's heretical, but you have to understand it in the correct way. Saints, blesseds, and even popes have referred to St. Joseph as the Savior of the Savior. Now, that doesn't mean that St. Joseph is God or the Messiah. He's not, right? But when he saved Jesus from Herod, who was wanted to kill you know, the, the innocent children, um, he took our Lord to, to Egypt to protect him, to defend him from a madman, essentially. Well, mm-hmm. if he was able to do that for our Lord, well, he's more than capable of helping protect us. And so even though he's not here on earth anymore— you know, he's with our Lord and our Lady in heaven, but his role of protection of fatherhood continues because when we say patron of the universal church, the word patron, the root of it is pater, which means father. So we're, we're calling upon his fatherhood to, to help protect us from the evil one and, 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 and give us that shield uh, and, and, and even cloak us. Like we talk about our lady, her mantle of protection. Well, St. Joseph has a paternal cloak that he wants to shield us uh, from the enemy with. It's wonderful. That is great. And so thinking about this patronage, could there be a year of St. Joseph sometime in the future? Oh, brother, you're talking to my heart here. Yes, I (laughs) hope so. Um, I've actually worked with three dioceses so far uh, in the United States, and the bishops have declared years of Joseph right now. So they're starting right now. Um, Mm. And that's Charlotte, North Carolina. Green Bay, Wisconsin, and Lafayette, Louisiana have done it so far. Maybe others will, will, will be joining on. But my ultimate goal is to have the Pope declare a year of St. Joseph for the whole church, mm. because I think that this would just give us extraordinary graces of renewal in our families, and even in uh, the church and uh, in, in our priesthood, because, you know, St. Joseph was a spiritual father. He, he, he wasn't a priest, but nonetheless, he's a spiritual father. And I think that in this time, when we need a renewal on every level of the church and in the priesthood as well, I think that priests, by looking to St. Joseph, could be given an example of a true man who protects, who guards and defends and lays down his life in a sacrificial servant kind of way for those entrusted to his care. So I would ask the listeners, please pray that uh, more dioceses would do this, and, but ultimately that, that the Pope himself would declare a year of St. Joseph. Absolutely. But for anyone who's beginning Lent and wants to bring St. Joseph into this part of the liturgical year, how do you think St. Joseph can help enrich your Lent? Well, you know, l- the purpose of Lent is to purge ourselves of things that separate us from mm-hmm. the Lord and enter deeper into a time of prayer and penance and fasting and almsgiving. And so if you look at St. Joseph, I mean, he's, you know, he wasn't rich. He, he didn't have, you know, abundant things that the, that the world offered, he just lived a simple life. And you could say in many ways, he lived kind of a perpetual Lent, you know, um, he uh, taking the family to Egypt must have been extremely difficult and not having much, you know, a, as a family. I think that if we ask him, St. Joseph, 
helped me in my heart to realize maybe things that I'm attached to, maybe things that are distancing me from the Lord that um, if I, you know, could make a sacrifice to, to, to jettison some of these things from my boat, so to speak, my life and, and uh, be freer to be closer to the Lord. Uh, he'll, he'll help us to do that. To get into the, a little more practical elements, what would be, Joseph, the type of virtues you'd want a young man to learn from St. Joseph if they undertook this consecration? Well, one I would definitely say today is so needed would be purity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's this is such a pornographic era that we're living in. There's so much filth and there's so many images mm-hmm. that are just distorting our hearts, especially the hearts of men, that we really need to look to St. Joseph as a model of purity. And, and even for those who are married, they need to also look to him for uh, a model of chastity, because today, you know, people, even when they get married, they tend to think that, well, now I'm married, and I kind of can have the freedom to do whatever I want to do within my marriage. And it's like, well, that's not true either. You still have to treat your spouse with dignity and respect. And, you know, and, and for men, this is important because just because you're married to a woman doesn't mean she's at your disposal and you can do with her body whatever you want. Mm-hmm. There has to be dignity. You're not an animal. And so I think by looking to St. Joseph, although his marriage was completely chaste, I mean, there was never any conjugal Mm -hmm. act, you know, in that marriage. Nonetheless, um, he lived with the most beautiful woman to ever walk the planet, you know. (laughs) So he has such a chaste heart. His eyes are pure intentioned. And I think that uh, that's one of the great things. And then the other, obviously, would be humility. I mean, we don't have one word from St. Joseph recorded in the New Testament, yet he's the greatest saint after Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that today men could learn a lot from that. Just, you know, watching your words, because words can do so much damage. They can be very harmful. Oh, you know, we just got to be, we got to tame the tongue today, big time. That's especially true. And I extending that even to our typing fingers when we're on social media more than ever to watch our words, because, <laughs> oh, my goodness. True. Um, yep, you're right. Actually, let's uh, talk about that silence a little bit more. A lot of men might think, well, is silence actually a virtue men can strive for? But what do you see that in St. Joseph? What does the the so-called silence mean to us Mm -hmm. today? Well, I think that, you know, there's that ancient kind of axiom that says uh, actions speak louder than words, Mm -hmm. right? So um, words are powerful, but if it's, you know, followed through with action, then it really has staying power. And I think that, you know, it is true that a lot of men tend to be uh, less talkative or less um, kind of conversational that women tend to be. Um, It's just kind of how it it is. Um, And that's fine. But I think that for men, a lot of times people um, look to them for their action. So you'll hear a lot of times, uh, people will say, well, my father wasn't a man mm-hmm. of many words, but he, I knew that he loved me because he took care of our family. He provided for our family and he was always there. And, you know, so I think that that's what so many people need to see today is even if a man is not, you know, eloquent and he's, uh, that's okay. But his actions like St. Joseph need to be those that are showing, uh, uh, a great love, a great care for the home, for, for the wife, for the children. Um, and, and that is, I think, what so many people are looking for today because, sadly, as, as you and I know, there's been a lot of harm done by men in the world and even by priests, mm-hmm. unfortunately, 
where people have been given a bad example and they, you know, they think, well, he says this, but he does that. Well, if we could get men whose actions match up with their words, even though they're few, I think we're going to get a changed uh, society, you know, and that's, that's when men become more like Joseph. We'll get a changed society. I can see, I can absolutely agree with that. You're touching on it a little bit, but it sounds like just St. Joseph can also play a role in healing for a lot of people in this world right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, big time, because there are a lot of, as they say, father wounds. And, um, you know, we've, we've had a few generations now where we've had a lot of absent fathers from mm-hmm. home. Um, even today, I think the latest statistic that I saw was a little more than half of all families today do not have a father. Mm. I think it was like 52% or something. So, I mean, it's, it's shocking. And so there's a lot of people who are really feeling the absence of a father in their life and, and they're looking for that. And, you know, whatever people's experience has been, whether it's been good or, or bad, we can all look to St. Joseph for a model of what a father is and for comfort. And he's always available and he's, he's never going to, you know, um, be be harsh with us in 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 that sense or 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 mm-hmm. be mean to us or something like that he's a, such a loving father such a good father and i think that's very comforting i as someone who has a particular devotion to saint joseph i agree and on that note for any of us who are thinking yes i'd love to start this at the end of the month uh what would be your advice for anyone wanting to undertake a consecration or just to bring saint joseph more into their lives well, I would say, um, yeah, definitely get the book. You can get the hard copy or mm-hmm. the Kindle or ebook version of it. Um, and, um, just commit to it. It's, um, it takes, if you do it as an individual, it'll take you about 15 minutes a day. Um, there's, it can also be done in a group setting and there's many parishes that are doing it and prayer groups. You meet once a week for five to six weeks, depending on when you start it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just say give it a shot um, because St. Teresa of Avila, who was a great, great um, advocate of, of St. Joseph, she actually, in the 16th century, she challenged people to a test. She said, I have always seen that those who go to St. Joseph advance in virtue and grow in holiness. And she said, and if you don't believe me, test it. Try it for yourself, she said. So I, I would just follow up, echo what she said and say, give it a shot. Go to St. Joseph, do this program, and, and watch what happens. And that's very encouraging. And I'd like to also let listeners know that you can always ask the saints you're trying to pray to more to help you to pray more. It sounds silly and repetitive, mm. but it does actually work in a strange way. Uh, just mm. throwing that out there. <laughs> and, uh, nice. Man, uh, I also understand you have a because this book's been so popular, you actually have some charts and even artwork to help people through the consecration. Is that correct? I do. Yeah. So I commissioned a whole bunch of artists Mm -hmm. from around the world to give us some new art on St. Joseph, because sometimes, you know, the images that we see of him are just, he's really, really old. I mean, like really old. And Mm. sometimes they, he, they can even make him look a little effeminate or less than masculine. And it's, it's not very appealing to some of these. So uh, I commissioned art to present him as younger, masculine, strong, and yet loving, and you know, and all of that. Um, so the art, the book, and the chart, we, we designed a website for, for all of this that people can go to, and it's consecration to saintjoseph.org. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and you don't want to spell out the saint. You just want to put ST. So it's consecration to consecrationtostjoseph.org where you can find all that stuff. Wonderful. And so anyone who wants to pick up this book or pick it up as an ebook if they prefer their Kindle, where can they find it? Yeah, so you can find it all over your local Catholic mm-hmm. bookstore. Um, you can get it all over. Now, because the demand is so great, um, a lot of places are constantly going out of stock because they, you know, they can't keep it on the shelves. Um, but the one place that always has it is that consecration to mm-hmm. website. And we'll definitely link to that in our show notes. Or if you're listening to this, you can go to CatholicExchange.com. We'll have that link up in as many places as we can for this podcast. And finally, I just want to ask you, Father Calloway, when you were writing this book, was there a particular moment that surprised you or delighted you that was a new learning about St. Joseph? Yes, there's actually quite a few things, I have to say. Yeah, because I, I spent almost three years doing the research, and I yeah, there were some things I, I had to verify to make sure it was true, because I was like, this can't possibly be true, but it, it was. And two things quick I'll just mention is, one, was I discovered that there's a practically unknown feast day mm-hmm. that celebrate it's called the Feast of the Holy Espousals. And that's the feast of the uh, marriage of Mary and Joseph. And that's celebrated on January 23rd. Mm-hmm. So it's not on the universal liturgical calendar, but it, it could easily be um, done in diocese. All the bishop has to do is approve it. And it is celebrated in, in quite a few dioceses around the world, and it shrines the St. Joseph, like the Oratory of St. Joseph in Montreal, Canada. They celebrate it every year. Uh, certain religious communities, like the Oblates of St. Joseph, celebrate it every year. But that's extraordinary, because at a time when marriage is under threat, wow, if, if people knew that there was a feast of the holy spouses of Mary and, and, and Joseph, mm-hmm. I think that would be tremendous. Then the other thing is that I discovered that the wedding ring that St. Joseph gave to Mary when they were married still is in existence. Whoa. It's, it's, yes, it's at, it's housed in a gigantic reliquary in the cathedral in Perugia, Italy, which is only about 30 minutes from a Oh my gosh. Yeah. And yeah, I couldn't believe it. And I got picture. I mean, I did all the research and so they, they expose it for public veneration once a year and that's on July 30th. Um, and so I'm like, what? So I talked to these people that I knew in Italy. They said, oh, yes, we've, we here know it. All these people in Italy know about it, but almost nobody in the rest of the world does. Um, so I've got a whole chapter on that in the book that people are just going to be fascinated by, like the whole history oh, of it yeah. and everything. So that's good stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that is fascinating. I had no idea. And uh, we just released an episode about the relics of St. Valentine last month because I find mm. – I, I don't know why, but half the time I didn't know ha- that these relics existed, including one that was maybe an hour from where I used to live. And I'm like, how did I not know that? And this is the wow. delight of relics. Like, if you're in Italy, going to Assisi anyways, it's, Bruges is a beautiful town, but I had no idea that mm-hmm. wasn't there. That's exciting. Yeah. Have you been able to see mm-hmm. it yourself? No, I haven't, <laughs> because... Um you got to time it right. Sure. They only expose it for public veneration once a year on July 30th. And, and the reason that they do it on that day is because many people are walking to Assisi in preparation mm-hmm. for the feast of August 2nd, which is the mm-hmm. Holy Angels of the Portiuncula. So they, they expose it. And couples, if you're married, they'll actually let you go up to it and touch your wedding, wedding ring to it. Oh. Um, 
Yep, but only on July 30th. So you got to time it right. So maybe one of these years I'll, I'll get there for that. Oh yeah, it has to be during the warmest month ever in Italy. So you know, I know that, uh, it's probably a little bit of suffering for the greater good if you're walking in that heat. There you go. So yeah, I, I, I yep. would be excited for that. All right. <laughs> yep. All right, and as we wrap up, Father Callaway, where can folks learn more about you or follow your travels and? some of your direction about St. Joseph. Yeah, so I have my own website, mm-hmm. um, which is fathercalloway.com. And for that one, you have to spell out the father. <laughs> so it's fathercalloway.com. And it um, talks about the other books I have, the pilgrimages that I lead. I do like two to three mm-hmm. pilgrimages a year now um, to Poland, Holy Land, and all over. And um, yeah, and I'm also the vocation director for my community. Oh. So if there's men who are discerning a vocation, I'd be more than happy to uh, help you discern that. And that's great. And, hey, if you're discerning, St. Joseph might be just the person to turn to while you discern. So just throwing it out there. I love St. Joseph. Mm. So hope many other listeners Mm. will learn to do so well as well. With that, Father, I just want to thank you once again for all the good work you've done on spreading the joy of St. Joseph and bringing more people into his holy cloak of protection. I think you're doing some great work there, and I know our listeners are going to appreciate this. Well, thank you so much, my friend. God bless you, and keep up the great work yourself. Thank you, Father. 